Derek. Today we're joined by me, the wifey. Hello, hello. How's it going today? Today we're going to talk about many things. Well, actually just one thing. Deep underground military bases, as reported on by Phil Schneider back in the day in 1995. But before we get to that, I would like to thank anyone listening. Uh, Chelsea, Izzy, Izzy sent us an email. Yes, thank you for the email. Izzy, we can stop bitching about the emails. Yes, Izzy sent us an email. It was greatly appreciated. She's a monthly donor. Uh, she's a producer, monthly producer, uh, so sustaining. And also, Chelsea is a sustaining um, producer. Uh, we've got a couple others who've donated. Dean Reiner being one. Uh, I think... I discovered that Behind the Schemes did not donate. I donated to their podcast, but that's fine. Uh, that's the whole point of value for value. I get value from listening to certain things, so I feel the need to give my money to the things I find valuable because the mainstream media is not valuable to me at all. Right. We're like a small business, you know, keep us up and running. We need some finances. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening and donating and just caring. And it, now emailing. And, and emailing. showing support and love and following the DT uh, Dimension Instagram. So that's pretty awesome. Yes. Also, I would like to thank in the Behind the Schemes IRC chat during their live uh, streams they do each Monday. There is someone named Medus, M-E-D-U-S. I can't remember how to pronounce it, but he commented that he loved the podcast. I believe he said loved or liked. Well, Either you know way. what? We fucking like slash love you too. <laughs> Meatus, Medus. Medus, I think, or I believe he. I think he's also a No Agenda producer, as far as I know. But uh, he commented while we were on the chat. He said uh, he liked it. So right on. Thank you. Thank you for that. Keep on loving us. We also would like to thank a guy. I can't remember his name. Um, it was also in the IRC chat uh, on last Monday. Or it was it was this Monday that just yeah, passed. Yeah, it, it was this Monday. But we were talking about uh, DRI, the band. Um, he had lots of interesting comments. I think he said it was his first time. Being on the IRC chat during the live stream of Behind the Schemes, but we had a little bit of a chat about DRI and whatnot, which is cool because I don't know that many people that like DRI. So anytime that happens, I find it to be awesome. Yep, and then he gets giddy about it, and then I get to hear about it, so... Yes. Yay. So thank you. Thank you very much, all these people, all those people. Uh, okay, moving on. Today we're talking about dumbs, deep underground military bases. What are, are you they? Dumb? Eh? Yeah. Eh? I think I'm going to title the episode "How Dumb Are You?" Mm, got it. Clever, uh, isn't he? Clever, folks. That's my. Temper. You know, he got more clever since he gave himself a fucking mustache. Yeah, that's the contributing <laughs> factor to all this this intelligence he's got here is this fucking mustache he's got. I've got 
a Pancho Villa mustache, and I am starting to resemble Cheech. Uh, Slightly. Yes, that and or a pedophile, which I'm not condoning pedophiles in any way. I just want you to know that now my husband looks like one, so we're going to have to walk like 10 feet apart when we go public places. I probably won't keep the mustache for long, but I was tired of the beard, so I cut cut it, and oftentimes I like to do comical mustaches for a few days. Yeah, usually it's a, a big production. He'll, like, do a chin strap, and then he'll shave it down to, like, I don't know, a goatee thing, and then, like, a side weird thing, and then, like, a mustache. It, it's a production, guys. I when think, it happens, Actually, I think when I shave this well. mustache off, I, I might um, just do... A thin mustache. Oh my god, you're gonna do like the, like. like the Gomez mustache? Like yeah, just thin, like a thin little, little Frenchman one? Yeah, a little thin mustache. Oh my god. <laughs> just that lines your lips all, yeah, all yeah. the way? Uh-huh. Oh god. Yeah, that should you be You see fun. what I gotta put up with you guys? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna let my chin hairs grow, so, you know, if you're gonna look ridiculous and gross, I guess I can too. Whatever you gotta do. Luckily, okay. Luckily, I love you. Yes. Yeah, let's jump in. I, that's enough bantering now. <laughs> Okay, so in 1995, a man named Phil Schneider appeared at a Patriot-type conference. Like a In the 90s, there was a big uh, resurgence of the Patriot movement um, with militias and people being concerned about the government as far as uh, Ruby Ridge, Waco, uh, Oklahoma City bombing, um, the 92 or 91 or 93... First World Trade Center bombing, um, all these types of things led to a resurgence in the uh, the Patriot movement, which still exists to this day, but it's not exactly the same. It's kind of transformed into something else. Either way, uh, this guy named Phil Schneider appeared at this conference and basically blew the whistle somewhat on what he believed to be um, his whole co- his whole lecture was all about uh, the new world order and deep underground military bases mm-hmm. and he felt that he needed to speak out about what he had witnessed while working on these bases because he he had worked on a, uh, around 13 of them he said throughout his life he was like a construction worker type guy engineer um, Slash demolitions, ex, uh, explosives expert guy. Um, so that's how he knows he was basically an active participant in creating. Yeah, yeah. He he just like any government contractor, mm-hmm. any sort of uh, construction project. You there's a lot there's an industry around that. You know. So if there are these underground things that we don't typically know about, these haven't been here really that long then. He uh, he thinks they've been started making them roughly around 1909. Oh, okay. So they have been around a while. Then, yeah. Uh-huh. But he's doing like what upkeep or like no, no. That, or, like, he he doing? he helped um, build and, and participate in maintenance and a, a whatnot of thirteen thirteen of them. He he claims that there's roughly 132 of these in the United States, roughly in all 50 states. And that do they connect from state to state? Too? No, so, some of them supposedly connect to different areas, uh, depending on what state they're in and where they're located. Some of them connect to other ones uh, underground. Um, uh, 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 this is all supposedly. 
No, there's very little, like, factual, provable, photogra- photographic video evidence of any of this information. This is all um, third-hand accounts of whistleblowers slash um, independent researchers doing this uh, type of work. Okay, so does he ha- does he have any physical proof when he went to this? Yes, this conference. Yeah, he okay. d- he does have he had some proof at this conference that he talks about. Last night I watched the whole thing. It's about an hour and a half, and I'll link the video to that. Uh, it's quite uh, it's pretty good actually. The what I liked about it was that he is just a regular guy giving a lecture. He's not an academic. He's not he's no fancy guy of any in any way. He's just a guy who worked on these things, and um, his view was that he loved the United States so much that he loved it more than his own life. And he believed that he needed to speak out about what was going on based on what he saw because he did not want the United States to become what it has become now. Mm-hmm. So this was happening in 1995. Yep. Everything that has happened since then is similar to what he was saying it was going to happen to the United States if if no one did anything, which that's pretty much what happened. You know, we're living in a COVID uh, bizarro world right now where very soon most people will have to take a, a, a stance to either be pro-freedom or pro fascist basically and this guy in 1995 was was a warning or trying to warn people about that but the internet wasn't really popular or it wasn't really used by hardly anyone at that time so it was all yeah, done definitely through, not like it is today no it was all done through the lecture circuit mm-hmm. similar to like uh the international ufo conference and all these other types of conferences anyway um yeah so he gave this lecture and during this lecture he talked about the um, underground military bases and what he thought was going on as far as the New World Order was concerned. Um, Some of the stuff that he talked about during his lecture is very... uh, I knew almost everything he was talking about because all the points he was talking about in 1995 are very common in, in the current conspiracy lexicon of the world mm-hmm. um and does, does he say why he thinks it has to do with the new world order like yes why it's mm-hmm. why he thinks it's connected okay yes okay yeah so anyway he um talks about these things that are are pretty well known now they're very well known by any anyone who listens to the tinfoil hat uh, podcast or um infowars or any uh contemporary conspiracy podcast or media alternative media group will know the things we're about to talk about now but he was talking about them in 1995 one of the things was um the american government um entered into a treaty with gray aliens in 1954 this mutual cooperation pact is called the grenada treaty or see uh, in some other spots it's like not said, not the Grenada Treaty. It's like Griatan or Gritan or some some other form of whatever. But um, yeah. I just want to take a side note here. 
1954 in American Horror Story where they did that? Was that the year that they mm-hmm. did it? Yeah. On the show? Yep. See, I'm telling you, they're fucking telling you the truth I know. on TV. I uh, So I wrote this all down with, you know, and then I put in, in highlighting, man. you know, American Horror Story used this as the current plot for their latest season. The whole oh, plot of the, of the latest season that we just Literally watched. Literally is this. Is, that was the plot. Entering into the tr- to a treaty with aliens so that they could abduct people without, like, essentially taking over the world at that point. Yeah, they, they get they, fucked over. They, the treaty... The treaty was, according to, um, well, obviously they took this from conspiracy, the conspiracy world, um, or reality. Right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> well, my point was to that comment that I made about it being related to American Horror Stories because I swear to God, the news is fake and all they're showing us in movies and TV now is shit that's actually happening and going on in the world. Yeah. Like, that we just don't know about yet, but it's all been happening and... Whatever, I swear there that's what they're doing because they're predictive programming or whatever, whatever that is where they predictive do, programming, yeah, yeah, where they repeatedly show it to you so you're comfortable with it when it actually happens or yes. whatever. That's what they're doing. It's ridiculous. Uh, one of the things that he had on display during his lecture was he had a photo. So his grandpa or his dad supposedly had been a part of, um, somehow involved with these these um, bases or something to do with the government. And he had witnessed a bunch of shit. And on his deathbed, he gave all this information to uh, Phil Schneider. And during his lecture, he had a bunch of artifacts and pictures. And one of the pictures that he had was a picture of um, the so so-called guy Valiant Thor. Uh, I don't know who that is. In the in the the show American Horror Story, Valiant Thor was that robot alien guy who came to be the liaison between the aliens and the government who screwed um, uh, yeah. Eisenhower's wife yep, yep, yep. and then let, let Mamie Eisenhower become immortal. Right, yep. Yeah, so during his lecture, he had a photo that his dad had passed down to him, supposedly being a photograph of that, of that time traveler slash alien... Whoever the hell or whatever he is, that Valiant guy, Valiant Thor. He had okay. a picture of him just sitting in Congress, listening during sometime in the fifties. Do you have a picture of that so I can post it on the Instagram? Uh, I could find one. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, he had a bunch of artifacts, and that was one of them. I found that to be slightly interesting because all this information, uh, he was giving this information in nineteen ninety five. It's way long ago, you know. Right. So there's not, at least at that time that we know of, there wasn't all kinds of super fancy editing things where you could just like, oh, I'm going to put an alien in that picture and do, you know. Right. And he was just a regular guy. Like it was, it was obvious that he was not really very fancy or sophisticated. Mm -hmm. Uh, His story seems plausible, at least is all I have to say. Um, Second thing he was talking about was the space shuttle has been producing special alloys in orbit. A vacuum is needed for the creation of these special metals, thereby justifying the mandate for a large permanent manned space station. So he he, uh, believed that the International Space Station is purely an area that they just produce this special uh, metal alloy that they use to for experiments and uh, in their um, technology, with their alien technology. Because a part of the treaty was uh, supposedly that 
the aliens in in exchange for us letting letting the aliens abduct people the aliens gave the US government a bunch of a, uh, advanced technology being like microchips the LEDs um, all kinds of different types According of According to American Horror Story, microwaves. Microwaves, everything you could think of that came out in the 50s mm-hmm. um, uh, is, is thought to be from alien technology according to this concept from this guy. Um, and that they use the International Space Station to produce these alloys because they need the vacuum of space. If you believe in space, if space even exists, who knows? That that wasn't a, That was not a popular... Conspiracy theory in 1995, uh, but it is now. Anyway, uh, another thing he talked about was much of our stealth aircraft technology was developed by back engineering crashed alien craft, which he goes into um, the Bob, Bob Lazar story during his lecture, which most people know. Bob Lazar is the guy, he's the Area 51 whistleblower who came out in the late 80s, early 90s, and he was on the Joe Rogan podcast a few years ago. And there's a few documentaries on him. Uh, he's a, he was a physicist who was recruited by Area 51. I can't remember which organization, if it was the CIA or the NSA or NASA, to go to Area 51 and study the, the crashed alien aircrafts and then back engineer the... A technology so that they could figure out how it worked so that it could be used, you know, so that they could use the technology. So he talked about that in his lecture and Bob Lazar was the one who, um, was the whistleblower who claimed to have been, been at Area 51 doing that. Um, another thing he talked about was AIDS. The fact that AIDS was a population control virus invented by the National Ordnance Laboratory in Chicago, Illinois. Um, he didn't really go into that very much. Uh, he just kind of he just kind of talked about it, but um, I found that's kind of interesting. That's a popular um, conspiracy theory. I, I was actually just talking with someone the other day, um, and she was talking about how, like, basically in nature there are no viruses or whatever, um, that all viruses are basically man-made, you know, which if you sit down and think about that, you know, that's a plausibility. Like, don't get me wrong, there's still, like, bacterial infections and stuff like that, but viruses specifically, which are different, you know, um, or all man-made, like HIV, AIDS, uh, Lyme disease was a, a tactic used by the military, you yeah, know. like Ebola, that's, SARS. Right, like, a lot of those are proven to be man-made um, things that have been um, created by the government for military purposes and whatnot. Um, so I just thought that was interesting to think about, like, are all viruses just man-made and now here we are with tons of viruses and now we're trying to create vaccines to combat them and then, you know, again, pharmaceutical companies to create cures or create, well, quote-unquote cures for everything, you know. just thought that was an interesting thing to think about because I've never really sat down and thought about it, but once you actually sit down and break it down, I mean, most of the history on all those things, yeah, they are man-made, so. Yeah. Um... There is a two different schools of thought on that. One is called the terrain theory, and the other one's called germ theory. In the terrain theory, it's believed that you naturally, your body takes care of anything that happens to you naturally because the human race was 
created uh, by God to combat the environment <laughs> on Earth. Uh, this is a complete, simple simplification of, of what I'm of the terrain theory and, and germ theory, but uh, it's thought with terrain theory that it's pointless to even try to deal with germs or anything like that because your body uses germs and your digestive system for whatever, you know, to digest food and everything. Mm -hmm. And that you can't really get sick or, or not from germs that it's all based on your personal, um, inner immune system and your personal, what you put into your body and your health. And that if you're healthy and eat the right foods and are have a strong immune system, that it's hard for you to get sick because because of that fact. And, mm-hmm. and a germ theory uh, is the one that is uh, mainstream. Germ theory says you're going to get sick based off of other people's germs. That you shouldn't share a drink with someone because they might be sick. And if they're sick and you take a drink out of their cup, you'll become sick because this germ has came from that person to your to you. Well, why couldn't it be a mixture of both? Why couldn't it be that one person, because they're doing everything wrong, do get sick? Now they have a, almost like an adapted germ, which then if you sure shared a drink with them, then you get that and it weakens your immune system for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, why couldn't it? I, that's what I always... Um, I always struggle with, with almost anything is like the duality of things. So like, you know, some people believe in a religion. Some people believe in spirituality. Some people believe in nothing. But why can't religion and spirituality kind of go hand in hand? Like that's the part that I don't understand. Why does it, why do either of them have to be limited without the other? You know, it's always about control is what it seems. If, if, if they're trying to control you, um, that's, it seems like everything has to be controlled. So that's why everything is black or white, mm-hmm. good, bad, uh, up, down, because they have to get you on a side to control you. If you're open-minded to, to everything, you're, it's harder to control you because you can see through things. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're like a strict Baptist, you have a, a worldview that's very different from someone who's a strict, um, like Buddhist mm-hmm. or whatnot, and you're gonna be thinking a certain way and doing certain things based on that. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I understand all that. I just, for me personally, I can't grasp how you can believe one thing and the other thing is somewhat similar, but it's just like, oh hell no! Like I'm not. I can't believe in that. You know what I mean? Like. I know this is maybe a dumb analogy, but sometimes when I'm, like, really open-minded and really kind of expanding my thought process, if you sit outside and just look at the sky and look at the sun and think about that on, like, a on, a, on another level, like, you can believe that there's a floating fucking ball in space of fire that heats the world, you know, and rotates around our giant floating rock. Like, that's not too crazy. To believe, but yet you can't believe in, like, I don't know, I don't know what the another... Thought, the thought of life after death? Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, if you sit down and actually think about that, but again, you've been programmed to believe that, 
that they're, they, you know, the sun rotates around the sun and it's a ball of gas that's on fire, whatever. But then you can't, yeah, you can't believe in, you can't believe in God. You can't believe in life after death. To me, that just seems so weird. I don't know. Like, I can't, I can't wrap my brain around how people limit themselves with their thoughts. You know what I mean? It's comes from conditioning and your well, yeah, personal. Well, I mean, yeah, I I understand um, that. But at some point in life, it's not everyone, obviously, but it seems like most people start questioning things, start realizing things and whatever. And then they get a little more open-minded and they start, you know, researching this and that. And, and they become, they just become more open-minded, all this stuff. But yeah, I don't know. For some reason, that's where my mind gets limited is like, how can other people limit themselves to, they can believe in something as grand and crazy sounding as that. If you, if you really speak it out loud, it sounds crazy, you know? Yeah. But you can't believe in this other flip side version of something, you know, that to me makes just as much sense. If that's possible, then that's possible. You know what I'm saying? Right. Anyway, that was just a side tangent that I wanted to go on. Sorry, guys. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the next thing uh, he talks about is unbeknownst to just about everyone, the U.S. government has an earthquake device. Neither the 1995 Kobe earthquake nor the 1989 San Francisco quake had a pulse wave. So this guy, Phil Schneider, was a engineer slash um, geologist type person and did lots of work in that realm when he was doing these ba- uh, constructing these bases having I'm to do with. I'm confused. I thought you said he wasn't like. I thought you said he was like an everyday like blue collar guy. He was, but through his work, he like. As a part of his work, he had to go underground, get samples of the earth, uh, so that they could figure out how, what best way to blow it up and shit oh, okay. to to make the tunnels and all that. Okay. So he learned. He became like a self-styled geologist. Okay. And, and through sense. years of practical experience of actually doing that job, like as a job, right? Yeah. He gained a lot of um, using lots of equipment and shit, like to figure out. How to best blow things up in order to make holes in the ground. Okay. Well, he um, discovered that there was no pulse wave during these earthquakes, which apparently, if you if you see a earthquake on on one of those, um, like what do they call a seis seismic machine? You know, like mm-hmm. the thing that measures earthquakes. That there was no pulse wave for any of those, and apparently that that means. That it had to have been like not from the earth, not man-made, you know, or well, that mean, it was man-made, right? Because yeah, because if the earth does something, there's always like an energy readout of it because the earth is literally radiating with energy. All, yeah, everything is rocks, trees, like it's literally for we are. I mean, you can you know pick up your heart uh, the energy like like eight to twelve feet outside your body. Like they can physically prove that and whatever. So if the earth did it, it had to have been. Some sort of energy coming from within it. Yeah. So he said that there was no pulse wave during these, meaning that they were created by a man with some sort of device. Mm-hmm. And according to him, they used Nikola Tesla's technology to create this. And if anyone knows anything about Nikola Tesla and his demise, um, when he was, well, he wasn't killed, when he died, uh, all of his papers and documents and experiments and whatnot were taken, and 
um, have not, have never been found. But it, it's believed by conspiracy people that it was taken by the government to use, you know, because he was a genius. Right. And he he had a lot of, you know, he created a um, remote control boat in 1890. So by the, by the time he died in 1950-some, he had a lot of fucking um, active experiments going on. And a huge archive of his his experiments and theories and mathematical equations, and all of that information was taken and and never found, and that his um that it was most likely taken by the government and used by them to, to help with their own government programs or uh, DARPA or government research or whatever. Right. Um. Next thing he talks about. Um, as the World Trade Center bomb blast and, and the Oklahoma City blast were achieved using small nuclear devices. The melting and pitting of the concrete and the extrusion of metal supporting rods indicated this. Um, he claimed this because he was an uh, explosives expert. And he, he knew that it was impossible for melting of, of things and... Uh, the way that the metal rods or the spore beams were seen, that they couldn't have been done by um, nit nit or you know nitrate, a nitrate bomb. You know the Oklahoma City bomb was supposedly um, initiated by a rider truck filled with ammonium nitrate, you know, fertilizer, mm -hmm. and then it detonated. Um, same, I, I think it was the same concept for the first World Trade Center bomb, but according to him, that bomb would not have produced the blast that it did with that much force. Um, you would need something else. And, uh, so he talks about that a little bit. Um, you know, little did he know <laughs> six years later, we would have 9-11, mm -hmm. which obviously is a hell of a conspiracy where many people believe that um, even the creation of the World Trade Center uh, and everything was created with the intention of placing thermite charges on the support columns um, to be detonated later. Well, yeah, because at one point, you know, all the planes hit it, and at one point, the whole building's just you know, and it it literally does it from the ground up. Like you can see. Well, it. both both the uh, two towers plus Building Seven, um, fall down, in you know in the way that a controlled demolition happens. Right. They just uh, start imploding and collapsing. Right. Which, uh, you know, jet fuel. Uh, I don't know if jet fuel can melt, uh, steel, uh, in enough places to fully controlled demolitionize the <laughs> towers. But he, he was talking about this in 1995. And I found it somewhat interesting because he, this was in like May of 1995 that he was giving this lecture, which was one month after the Oklahoma City bombing, mm -hmm. which happened on April 19th, 1995. So it was pretty fresh in people's minds, you know, at this point. Right. Uh, but yeah, and uh, I also had some credibility about that from him because on one of his hands he was missing like three of his fingers mm -hmm. which anyone who um all almost all bomb makers or explosive people um you know it's like the woodshop teacher teacher's got half a finger 
you know, if you work with something long enough, you're going to fuck it up and have an accident. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been shocked probably a hundred or more times because I'm an electrician. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're an electrician, you're probably going to get shocked. If you deal with explosives every day as a job, you might blow some of your fingers off accidentally. Um, so on one of his hands, he was missing a few of his fingers. So, but do you know that it came from? I have no no clue, no clue. I mean, he could have done that in a farming accident, or yeah. he could have fucking stuck his hand in a tank of piranhas. Which no, I know someone who did that. So. Right? Yeah, there's no clue. I have no clue about that. I'm just saying, he and I, he didn't say that. Like, oh look, I, I here's the proof that I'm an explosives expert because I blew off my fingers. He never said anything about that. He was just saying that through his job, he did that as a job to building these underground tunnels mm-hmm. or these uh, military bases. So, and then while he's giving this thing, you know, you can see that his fingers are missing. Mm-hmm. So I just put two and two together, like, oh, you know, I know when we so were. You I, made the assumption. I made the assumption, and when we we're in Iraq, that was always um, the sign because in Iraq at the time, the they were using other. Um, foreign fighters to come make bombs and create explosive devices and they would always say uh, if you're in a raid and you're you have the family zip tied and you're uh, trying to figure out where the the guy is and if there's someone in the house who's missing some fingers on their hand um, you might want to isolate that person because it's possible that they might be um, linked to these bombings because amateur bomb makers blow their fingers off accidentally. So it just kind of struck my accord with me from that previous knowledge of that. I just would like to point out that you tell us all the time, don't make assumptions. So right, I know. I, I'm I, just I, saying. I know. That's why I'm saying You know um, that I'm I, not. I, know. I'm I have no saying. proof. I have no proof of that in any way. I'm just saying, don't make assumptions. <laughs> Yeah, um, I got these five things. There's a little description of of, his, of what he talked about on projectcamelot.org, um, which I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. Um, another interesting piece of information about these uh, bases is that in the 1970s, there was uh, two patents for these gigantic drill bits um, developed by contractors for use by the government. Um, One type of drill is a mechanical and another one is nuclear powered. Um, According to Schneider, this explains how it would be possible to accomplish these bases because um, the nuclear powered boring device could tunnel about 7 miles a day into the earth, a hole about 20 feet wide. And in the patent record, there were two patents to develop these gigantic drill bits. And if you go to the website, well, we'll try to get all these posted to the um, Instagram because there's a there's a big um, picture of a bunch of guys standing in front of this gigantic drill bit, um, a couple of different ones. So, so basically, like, what is that movie? Um, I can't remember if it's The Incredibles or whatever, but they have. The mole, you know, and he's driving around that. Yeah. It's basically something yes. like that. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, it looks just like that, pretty okay. much. It looks just like a gigantic drill bit. 
but made to bore into the earth. Okay. Um, and in the seventies, there were two two of these that were pat- patented, to which would uh, it's just some more possible evidence that this is is plausible, um, not just pure hearsay. This this uh, part of the uh, lecture that I'm going to talk about next, I found to be one of the most interesting parts that he describes in his lecture. So, in the lecture, he also claimed that he was involved in an underground battle between him, the government, and a type of malevolent gray aliens in 1979 in Dulce, New Mexico. During this battle, he was shot with a green ray gun that fucked up his chest and caused almost life-ending injuries, but a Delta Force-type soldier risked his life to provide aid to him and help kill the aliens. Schneider claimed to have killed two gray aliens during the melee. He also believed that the ray gun's ray was made of cobalt radiation, which he thought gave him cancer, which he had at the time of this lecture. Um, he displayed the lecture participants his scars from the supposed ray gun. So during this lecture, he tells the story of him being in Dulce, New Mexico, during the construction of this um, deep underground military base. And one day he's just walking down in, in the tunnel um, and he comes across uh, this side area. And as he's walking into the side area, there's a bunch of like seven foot tall gray aliens. And he gets freaked out, obviously. And then that initiates a conflict, which starts this huge battle underground. And that... Um, uh, apparently, according to him, that they're, they use Delta Force or some other type of elite um, commando type army unit to pull security at these bases. And that that's one of the uh, missions of... I have, I have no evidence of that because I, I was in the army and I know quite a few people who've gone the, the Delta Force route and uh, listened to quite a few podcasts of former... Um, CAG members and I, I've never seen any evidence of that being the case but they're, the whole point of a special missions unit is clandestine <laughs> so obviously Delta Force does um, tier 1 raids around the world mm-hmm. but I mean it's very possible that part of their mission could be um, just providing security at these uh, clandestine uh, military facilities. It would be an easy job, you know. That's like the easiest job there is, is pulling security. But, um, so in his ba- in this story, he um, claims, he says that there's a bunch of, uh, I think he calls them Black Berets, which in 1995, someone who was wearing a Black Beret, I think was um, a ranger. Okay. So I, I don't know. The the stories are a little bit conflicting, just being that I was in the army and I know a few things, uh, a little bit about the berets. And, uh, you know, he didn't say green berets and he didn't say um, special forces or anything. He just said that black berets, like Delta Force type. So that leads me to believe that it was either another even more secretive unit than Delta Force. Or it could just be CIA or contractors. Who knows? But either way, um, one of the guys came to his aid 
and saved his life uh, and uh yeah okay um for that guy yeah i found this to be quite i was just looking for the picture and i just read something that said that he was one of three that survived out of 60 or something yes oh yeah so uh, he claimed that 66 66 secret service agents were killed and a shitload of aliens and a bunch of delta force commandos and that him and only a few others survived one of them was he he claimed was dying somewhere in Canada and didn't want to speak out and the other one had had already died or something okay. or that he'd been killed um he also claimed that he had been um they had tried to kill him many many times uh between 1979 and the time that he came out as a whistleblower. Okay. Um, or maybe it all happened after the whistleblower. But one time, um, he also claimed to have this uh, super secret clearance called something. I can't remember what it's called. But w- during one of the times that he thought someone was trying to kill him was um, an FBI agent came to his hotel room trying to get in, and he he knew he was uh, it was a ploy to get him to let him in so he could shoot him. So he called the local sheriff, and the local sheriff came and and arrested the FBI agent um, so that he wouldn't get killed um, because he said he had a, sec- a secret clearance that was um, only three people he could report to would be one would be the president, number two would be the um, the CIA, and number three would be he said a base commander, which I don't know. It's kind of weird, you know. Anyway. Um, he claimed that he was constantly being uh, taken, or he was constantly being followed and attempts were being made on his life a lot, uh, and that was one of the times that happened. He also claimed another time that he was on the road and two black vehicles came up and tried to run him off the road, but he had this souped up car that he was able to get away, and um, the other two vehicles crashed, and he, he was able to just get away. Okay. But, yeah, so he feared for his life, and he was, during this lecture, he, he said multiple times, like, I'm not, um, I just have to disclose this information because if I don't, I would feel bad because I don't want, I don't want the United States to go through what they want it to go through. Like, they, they have another... Uh, agenda that's going on in the United States and the world and if we don't rise up and stop it it's just gonna continue on so he said multiple times that you know if he ever gets suicide you know if he ever commits suicide he was actually just murdered because he had no plans to commit suicide um and he ended up dying in his apartment or house um there's a bunch of different like claims one of them was like he was strangled with piano wire. Another one was that he was strangled with a, uh, his own catheter tubing. Mm-hmm. And that his body was like severely bruised and beaten looking. during. So obviously didn't die of natural causes. Yeah, yeah. It was obvious mm-hmm. that he, was, he had been beaten half to death and then strangled. But, but on his autopsy it said uh, suicide. <laughs> yeah, because um, most people just strangle themselves. Yeah. You know. 
<laughs> after they've beaten themselves to death. Right. Um, yeah, but so what is the purpose of these military bases? You know, um, is the government or some other New World Order type organization doing something down there? Um, according to this article I read in the Event Chronicle, which I, I never heard of this organization. It must be some news site. I don't know. All the bases in the U.S. are being used by various organizations like the CIA, the NSA, FEMA, the Illuminati to either hide alien activity or do some sort of research in the fields of mind control, bioweaponry, data collection, prisoner confinement, etc. It would be quite interesting to learn what, what these underground military bases are for and who's using them and if there really are um, aliens, reptilians, who knows who, under there um, fucking around. And they have been for... Hundred years. That that would be pretty wild, actually. Very wild. Yeah, I mean, are they planning to use these tunnels for something we might not like in the future? Have these tunnels been used to get ready for what is coming soon? According to Phil Schneider, the timeline of when shit would start to be fully operational and dis- and disclosed would be by the year twenty twenty nine, which kind of lines up with Agenda 2030, 2030, the Great Reset, and NATO's twenty twenty to twenty forty document. That we just did an episode about. So maybe like we were talking about before that we are in the propaganda phase of um, before the conflict. Uh, so maybe right now, all the way up until 2030, we're going to, which is why they're, they keep doing things with the TV shows and movies. They're getting us used to the idea that everything we've ever thought was bullshit actually is true Mm -hmm. they're going to disclose all this information and then they're going to pop out from underground and and say oh yeah actually um the human race you're it's over for you we've got these aliens uh from another planet and they they feed off humans so um i don't know what to tell you but now you're not on the top of the food chain anymore (laughs) <laughs> and our treaty is now over with these with these groups and they're coming from underground and they're going to come to the top and you know may, maybe the elites since they know all this and are part of the conspiracy and they're a part of the treaty are going to be spared and everyone else maybe. will be you know will become like the prey of these aliens um i don't know <laughs> pretty crazy i thought this was kind of weird you know it's like is this why new mexico is so weird and so like so many places are so strange because a lot of these bases supposedly are in places with lots of strange things like we did the episode on the denver international airport um two of the the biggest ones in the u.s uh, according to all this information i just talked about one of some are in new mexico and the other ones are in Colorado, and they link up between, like, Los Alamos National Laboratory, Dulce, New Mexico, um, Sandia National Labs, all link to, like, Colorado Springs and Denver underground, and that they use these certain bases for different types of things. So, like, one base will be used for all types of um, mind control experimentation. One base, like, they, 
Area 51, I guess, kind of like in the American Horror Story, is used for um, secret um, alien aircraft experimentation and for growing alien-human hybrids. Uh, another base could be used for bio, creating bioweapons. Actually, speaking of hybrids of humans or humanoids or whatever, I completely forgot that so I'm part of, I think I've mentioned it before, maybe not, but I'm part of a, like a group on Instagram. I'm part of a group on Instagram that, um, you know, we're kind of like the people who stick together, like the unvaccinated. We share things like conspiracy shit and things that are going on that we're seeing before it gets taken down. Anyway, uh, one of the things that was brought up recently was that it was just approved and like billions were granted um, for animal-human hybrid. Um, they were trying to create one in some sort of womb thing. Where is it? Let me see. It's right here. Human-animal hybrid Senate approves billions of dollars for their chilling creations. It says, after a long debate, the Senate approved with 68 to 32 votes a budget of $250 billion to continue with the controversial creation of hybrid beings by mixing human and animal genetic material. The bill is called the Endless Frontier Act. And it was introduced by Sen- Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Schumer uh, of New York. So, apparently that was approved on June 14th. So, what, what happened around June? Like, is there anything crazy that happened around June that could have been as a distraction from this news? Um, June. June, it says June 14th, so. And now I'm curious. I don't remember. They, yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious now. But anyway, so, they're all, they're already doing human hybrids of things and if they're willing to do it with animals i'm sure they're willing to do it with literally anything at this point you know yeah uh, so if aliens or not you know yeah and at one of the bases i think it was in pennsylvania they said that it was used to experiment on dolphins and seals and some other animals um to to see like just creating hybrids of these animals and <laughs> different shit like that and um um, yeah, like, is this the reason for all the missing people in national parks? People that disappear mm-hmm. without a trace, like... And they don't even keep track of the people. They don't even keep track of the amount. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that that a lot of these things are linked, you know? Is this the reason that UFO sightings happen with such a frequency around these locations where these places are located? Because the document I was reading, they were talking about that a lot of them were UFO hangers, like places for the UFOs to to go, which is why it's possible or to think that maybe in like Dulce, New Mexico, there's so many alien or UFO sightings there is because they go, go there to go back to their base underground and they have to get, get in there somehow. Uh, so... Maybe all the frequency of UFO sightings around these certain areas of the world and country are the fact that they're coming in and going out of these deep underground military bases. I don't know. That's another weird well, thing. Well, yeah, there's, I mean, it could be anything, you know. And, you know, maybe maybe it's not used for aliens. Maybe it's used for fucking, you know, like a takeover thing. Because if there's some in every state and they're still doing it, you know, in this time, in oh yeah, in that, in that, then maybe they're connecting them because if they start a some small, un, you know, under each state, 
then eventually later on, as the years go by, they could easily just connect them from state to state to state to state to state. Yeah. And then that comes in, too, with, like, se- child sex trafficking and shit, too. Yeah. You know? In that one article I was reading from the Event Chronicle, they were talking about how the po- the possibility that they have been uh, abducting people and creating this underground army of people who are controlled by the use of, uh, you know, implanting them with chips and using psychotronic um, control of these people to make soldiers who have no control over the, you know, they're, they're not in control of what they do. They're the perfect soldier. Um, so maybe it's possible that they're underground too. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, uh, um, that, that's what they're talking about in that article I was reading, uh, which I'll, I'll give a link out to that one too. But it seems crazy, but, are we about to enter a period of some really crazy shit going down? I don't know. I think regardless of maybe not anything to do with this stuff per se, but I think regardless, we're coming into an era of destruction of some kind. I mean, it's obviously, it's got to come to a head here with this, you know, vaccine crap and, and being forced to take it and whatever. I mean, that's got to be coming to a head. You know, I mean somebody's got to back down or somebody's got to fight. You know, I just had that conversation not too long ago with my mom because she held out on the vaccine for a while because um, she was conflicted because she thinks something screwy is going on too. But then she ended up getting it. And I said, well, you know, I, I feel that I can't, you know, um, not only do I not want to put whatever that is in my body because it's been so rushed and, and not well tested. Um, but, um, even if I did want it, that's taking away a freedom by forcing people to take it. And if I don't stand up, you know, and say no, who's going to do that? Because my kids still fucking live here. They're going to live long after me. Um, if I'm not going to fight for their freedoms, who's going to? You know, so regardless of how you feel about getting it and not getting it, because I personally don't care. Like, do what you got to do, what feels right. But making it forced and being on that side of it, saying, yes, I want it forced on everyone, that's not okay because that's one step in the direction of taking away other freedoms from our kids and our grandkids and so on, you know? Right, and uh, JCD, John, uh, John C. Dvorak um, from Not No Agenda made a point the other day that was um, pretty on point was that he said, Right now, it's a vaccine mandate, but what if, what if, and if you just allow that to become the norm, what, you know, maybe you're okay with this mandate, but what are you going to do when the mandate is something you don't like? Like, right. now we mandate all males cut their balls off because uh, we're too overpopulated, so every all males need to be castrated. Right. <laughs> you know, obviously that's an extreme example, but... What? Yeah, that's the whole point that's, that's of the point. a slippery they slope. E- that's the point. They ease you into it with something that you they they want you to feel is necessary, even though it's not necessary, you know. Um, and then then it's a, and then the next one's just a li- little bit more, um, you know, risky. And then and then eventually it's like, okay, well, now you have to give up your I don't know, give up your fr- fucking firstborn. Um, because yeah, we're overpopulated. So every firstborn has to go or, you know, something to that effect, something weird, you know, that's, that's ridiculous and that you wouldn't want to do. Right. Um, 
But yeah, you know, that's just the way I feel. Like, I really don't care if you get the vaccine if you don't, because everybody has freedom of choice. Um, and I believe everybody should have that. But that's my point. Get You want the vaccine? That's fine. Go for it. Get it. If that's what makes you feel warm and fuzzy and safe inside, then you should do it. But that doesn't mean that anyone should be telling anyone else what they should and shouldn't do. You know, we didn't sign up for that. Um, no. And that's literally why we have freedoms, you know. Uh, and once we say, yep, it's okay to take this one away, well, then why wouldn't they be able to take the rest away? And you can't take away or give. We, we have freedom by being born. We're free humans. We, the only one who has power over anyone is God, the creator, you know, uh, if you're a human, you're free. The end. You, you don't get freedom. You're not, you're born free. Right. And no one grants you freedoms and no one can take your freedom away. You just have it inherently by being alive. And the fact that that's even questioned is fucked up. Right. Well, and that's, <laughs> and that's another thing that I don't understand. Like, I completely, like I said many times before, I completely understand somebody wanting to get the vaccine. If that, again, if that is, for whatever reason, that's what you believe in, good Do for whatever you, you want with exactly, your own body. Exactly. That is your body. That is your choice. What if, for whatever reason, the tables were reversed and they're like, no, nobody can have these vaccines. Nobody can. We have them. You are not allowed to have them. Yeah, you can't. And everybody's have them. and everybody is getting sick with it and whatever. There's still all the fear and whatever, blah blah blah. But they're like, nope, we have them, but only the top one percent can have them. Yeah. Um, you'd feel pretty pissed off, wouldn't you? You know, like just think if the tables were flipped. You know, it's it's not your call to to tell me what I can and can't do. No. You know, and it's not my job to tell you what you can and can't do. That's not that's not life. Yeah. Don't fuck with me, I won't fuck with you. Right, exactly. And that's it. <laughs> so yeah, are we living in a wild world of aliens living underground? Are they con conducting uh, human experiments underground? Are they linking all these bases worldwide? I was going to ask, how deep are they? Like, how deep beneath the surface of the Earth are they? Um, I think he, he said that some were between 500 feet down to like many many miles down and then being like between two and five mile uh once you got down there like lengthwise lengthwise like and like uh like cubic feet like two to five miles in in circum or not you know whatever the, the measurements are for shit but yeah gigantic like basically underground cities of of uh who knows what is going on and Maybe that's why the government and the media and all these people don't give a fuck uh, that they that they get caught lying and they don't care about the justice system or or anything because why why would they they could just go underground and just live down there like they have their own other they world. they have their own world going on and we're just stupid enough to participate in their world <laughs> right you know like we're we're dumb enough to follow along with their ridiculous idea of how humans should live and they just feed off of us through our fear and energy um i don't know yeah, maybe that's why they're not scared well the reason i asked is because i'm like those kids have been digging that hole for like a good year over the our kids randomly decided to start digging a hole and then one day the whole neighborhood showed up and everybody had shovels and all the kids in the neighborhood were digging this fucking hole and it's like i don't know it's a 
quite a few feet deep. I mean, it looks like a gigantic grave at this point. It's, it's huge. like um, it's like four six, feet wide by, by six feet. No, it's I was just in there the other day. They expanded it. It's like four feet wide by eight feet long, and it's about two and a half feet deep. Yeah, so it's a pretty fucking big hole, but I'm like, yeah, I'll just start digging and see what I find. Because <laughs> those kids keep digging. Yeah, keep it's, uh, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, that was our episode on deep underground military bases. Um, I did put some pictures on the Double Thought Dimension Instagram, so DT underscore Miracle Monday um, on Instagram, so you can see some of the pictures of uh, Phil Schneider. Um, there's the one of the aliens, the one of the drill bits. There's uh, him showing off his scars and him sh- in in the actual lecture. Um, so if you want to go there and check that out, you can find that on our link tree on our yep. website, which is doublethoughtdimension.com. And then dtdimension at protonmail.com is our email. If you feel so inclined to hit us up. Um, as Izzy has done. As Izzy has done. Like a champion. And now we can stop bitching about begging you guys to email us with information. So Yep. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening. You can find our podcast uh, on just about any podcast player. I personally listen to use AntennaPod. There, you can go to uh, newpodcastapps.com to find the latest uh, podcasting 2.0 apps. Um, our stuff isn't really compatible with that at this time. We're kind of a low budget, low fi, low everything. We're just uh, trying to do shit. But um, yeah, I would recommend using a non-approved podcast player if you're into that. If not, you can listen on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Amazon Music. You could even find us on Amazon. Um, we tested it out. Um, so I think I've used a voice recognition device two times, possibly ever. A what? One of them was to see if our podcast was on Amazon with the remote, the stupid thing in our room. Oh, yeah, yeah. The other time was at Ellie's to try to turn their, or uh, at our neighbor's house to try to turn the lights on. Um, couldn't figure it out. I'm an electrician. I couldn't figure out how to turn the fucking lights on. Um, so I was trying to use Alexa to see if it would work. Um, but anyway, you can find our, our, you can find our podcast through there. Um, or anywhere you find our podcast. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you're hearing this, you are the resistance. <laughs>